Stride and Strike, the Pathfinder 2nd Edition RPG actual play stream and podcast bringing you your favorite Paizo adventure paths from Lost Omens Galarian. Join Galarian's Greatest as they adventure through a magical fantasy world of the past here on Greatest Guardians Gaming Network. Welcome to Stride and Strike. My name is Emma. This is our Teal Group's premiere on the network, and I am super excited because this is my original group. This is the first group I ever played any Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, whatever with, any tabletop role-playing game. And so I wanted to introduce them all to you um, before we go around the table. I'm going to say my name, my pronouns. I'm going to ask everybody else to do the same. Um, don't tell us who you're playing, though. Let's leave that a little bit of a mystery for the time being. So my name is Jamie or Emma. Either one is great, and I use she, her pronouns. Um, let's go to Sky next. Hi, uh, I'm Sky. I use he, they pronouns. Uh, then maybe Ryan? Uh, maybe Ryan is Ryan. He goes by he, him. Cool. And then let's go to Brian. Yeah, this is Brian. We're the ones that are going to have very similar sounding names. And he, I'm over here. <laughs> and Tim? Hey, this is Tim. Uh, he, him. And... and let's go to Yuri. Watashiwa Yuri Desu! <laughs> Okay. Hi, Yuri. <laughs> um, my pronouns are he, him. Cool. Yeah, we were too serious before that. What are your yeah, Japanese right. pronouns? Well, <laughs> Watashi, uh, 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 Yeah. Goku and Boku. Right. Oh, no. We're sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh, I you're think. fine. It's fun. Join <laughs> us next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this uh, is. This is my OG group. They're amazing people, super fun to be around, super fun to play with. And I learned, like, basically learned Pathfinder with all of them. Um, we are playing the Outlaws of Alkenstar Adventure Path. And I'm going to be the GM this time, which is definitely not my comfort zone within this group because I was a player first. Um, Ryan was our GM at the beginning. Uh, and... I am stoked to jump into that spot with, with these people. It's a, okay, I'm not going to lie. It's a little intimidating being a GM for this group because you all know so much about tabletop gaming. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Excited to have you GM. Oh, this is where we respond naturally like people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I'll try not to break this one. <laughs> It'll be a struggle for him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about the Starfinder game, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you did put me in a game with automatons again, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> a young gnome girl runs through a cobblestone street covered in snow, looking behind as she pushes forward. Long, braided purple hair flows behind her as her winter coat's hood falls to her neck. Shouts erupt from behind the girl. Block the path! Stand tall! Nothing must breach the square! 
Another voice, this time closer. This way, Roz. Two humans in full plate armor run toward the girl, making a path for her to skirt between them. They close the path and hold their spears steady. A piercing roar sounds from a distance, followed by the screams of fallen soldiers. The girl runs faster, tears streaming down her face. A hair clip falls from her braid, and she falters. Then a gruff woman's voice sounds from further down the street. Ross, run! A half-orc woman vaults from the horse-drawn carriage and runs toward the girl. She picks her up, cradling her in her arms, and darts back to the cart. The girl reaches toward the hair clip dropped on the stones. The woman wraps the girl in the blanket and sets her down in the front bench of the carriage before she can pick up the clip. Yeah! The horses erupt forward, and we fade to black. And lights begin to come back up on a new scene. We, uh, we see a gnome sitting in a room with purple hair, candlelit, uh, at her, there's a candle at her table, and she's writing in a notebook. Journal entry number one by Rosaline Amberbloom, the so-called City of Smog. Here in the heart of the mana wastes, magic doesn't always work as planned, though I suppose you eventually become accustomed to it. It's an interesting place for sure, but I'm afraid I've run across a bit of trouble recently. Figured it might not be a bad idea to start keeping track of my goings-on with this little notebook of mine. You see, it turns out that a few weeks back, some stuck-up old tycoon named Mugland sent his goons out to my little farmstead, and they thought it fair to take our hard-earned crops for themselves. Well, as sure as air is still, I wasn't about to roll over like a sick puppy and let the man take what wasn't his. I guess he didn't like my standing up for my little community. As it turns out, my name has suddenly turned up on all manner of wanted posters all around town here in Alkenstar, with an accusation against yours truly, innocent little old me. Rosaline Amberbloom is apparently a big scary criminal who allegedly stole gold from Mr. Ambrose Mugland. Sure wish I had the gold to show for it. Seems that I gave the man a reason to frame me. I'd guess he's trying to cover something up, and I just happened to present myself as a scapegoat when he needed one. But who am I to say? A local bartender by the name of Phoebe Dunsmith has promised I can hit the old tycoon's wallet where it hurts. I'm just about on my way to her bar for a show. Hearts at high noon. I guess it's one of them local theater productions here in Alkenstar. I'll have to keep my head lower to the ground than it already is, but I imagine I'll be able to avoid any do-gooder law enforcement folk on the way there. Blackout again as the scene changes, and lights go back up on a softly lit saloon. Our camera pans over to view a wooden stage at the far wall of a dining room. All number of people are in the saloon enjoying drinks and a variety of bar food while an orc and a dwarf act out a scene from a theater production. 
Draw! Bang! A crack of thunder fills the air. The smoking gun held by a powerfully built orc man wearing leather chaps, vest, and a, sh and a shiny sheriff's badge holds everyone's attention. The orc slowly lowers the firearm, stowing it back in his holster. He carefully, deliberately walks up to a bloody dwarf, surveying his handiwork. Well, I'm sorry it had to go down this way, brother. You picked the wrong side, and that I can't abide. He removes his pinched front hat, holding it over his heart. After a moment, he lowers his head. And the entire saloon erupts in applause as the pianist begins to play. The orc bows deeply, then helps the dwarf to his feet, who also bows to the attending patrons. The two walk to the bar, arm in arm, and order a bottle of whiskey. Thank you for attending, folks. A female dwarf stands on the bar top, addressing the patrons in a loud voice. Whiskey's only two silver for the next hour, and that includes top shelf. Come on back next week for the conclusion of Hearts at High Noon and our after party. Enjoy yourselves, and don't be afraid to throw some coin our way as you do so. <laughs> if you know what I mean, we appreciate your time. Thank you, folks. And the dwarven moon, uh, the dwarven moon, the dwarven woman, Phoebe Dunsmith, hops off the bar onto the sawdust-covered floor and heads to a back room, where a round table and private bar await. She props one foot up on a stool, leans forward on her knee, and casts a suspicious eye at the six individuals around the room. Well, now that the show is over, let's talk business. I brought you all here because we share some common enemies. With your help, I can make them pay and get you rich in the process. But first, I want you each to tell me why is it that you deserve a job that could pay your weight in gold? And she looks around the table. Which one of you is speaking up first? Actually, before we get there, I would like for each of you to describe who do we see at the table. First, sure. Uh, see a six foot four tall Gurundi tribesman uh, with a helmet covering his face and uh, loose robes, with armor plates on top of them. Okay. Mostly for desert travel, he carries multiple weapons in multiple sheaths on his back, on his waist, on the back of his waist at his hip, on his chest, uh, and a small tarsh on his left arm. Who else do we, do we know each other's names here? I don't think you do. Alrighty. I'll go next. I am also a human from near the Gurundi area, except, uh, you see stark differences between the six foot four Gurundi and this lumbering white haired individual who uh, seems a little off to everyone uh, and does not carry any weapons but just one shield and heavy armor. Uh. There you see also a uh, kitsune, about six foot three, uh, dressed in very fine clothing, 
a green dress shirt, a leather vest, and some slacks. Uh, three tails sticking out from under the backrest of the chair. Uh, and a gun holstered at his side. Uh, he is sort of scowling at our bartender with these icy blue eyes. Uh, and is sitting next to... Another gnomish woman. Uh, this one with fiery hair, some of it a yellow, but most of it an orange, and maybe the very end of it going into red. Uh, wearing a duster jacket, and on one shoulder is some kind of rodent, and around her neck is a metal contraption that holds a harmonica. And, she seems to have already enjoyed some of those happy hour drinks. Has a nice uh, stein in one hand. And I uh, see a man who looks somewhat out of place in the city. He's a little bit tall, sort of sun-bleached blonde hair and salt and pepper beard. Uh, late 30s, you would think. And he's just wearing a very simple cotton overshirt and pants with a rope belt. Pants are poorly patched with what looks like home-done sewing. Uh, and a simple straw hat to keep the sun off. Uh, he's got fairly tanned skin, but otherwise looks unremarkable. And if you'd ever been west of town along the Eustrati to see the farming communities that grow the food for town, you'd recognize his gear and his demeanor as a typical farmer. And last but not least, uh, we see a, uh, a gnome woman uh, in purple, with purple hair that flows down her back. Uh, she's also dressed in similar clothing to uh, the, the man next to her, um, who one might recognize as a farmer. Um, she's wearing a long coat over her farming clothes, and she has a large pistol, um, almost too crude to be called a pistol, uh, holstered at her side. Uh, you might consider it more of a hand cannon, um, and it's just kind of sitting holstered against her belt. Um, and she's got her feet propped up on the table, um, in a, of course, a, a chair that's tall enough for a, a gnome to sit and see everybody in. Uh, so, Dunsmith looks at all of you, and, uh, she connects first with you, John. She says, well, it's good to see you again, Mr. Smith. How is your evening going? Uh, well, better since the talk of gold, since that's what I need right now. Uh, Indeed, and uh, what would you say makes you deserving of such a well-paying gig? Uh, well... Uh, you know my story. I haven't been in town long, but, you know, I've been working in the sun my whole life. I'm strong enough, quick enough to 
get the job done, and I guess the main thing I got going for me is I'm desperate, so uh, you know why. No one's gonna be more on the ball than me, because I need to get this money and get back to my family. Desperation is a powerful motivator, my friend. Um, you, Kitsune Foxman, uh, what did you say your name was? Oleander Hallowell. Oleander, what makes you deserving of this, uh, this little job I've got for you? I have a grudge to settle with someone who I think, uh, you and I both have grudges with. Oh, it's the a large one and I intend to settle it. Mr. Mugland, I presume. Yes, and, uh, Mr. Mugland. That you have against Mr. Ambrose de Mugland. He took something from me. I intend to repay that. Interested. I see. Uh, what about you, with the uh, rat on your shoulder? It's a quaka. Hello, my name's Tag. What do I offer? Well, I'll tell you. I get all sorts of jobs in these bars, and this one seems the most intriguing by far. I have a certain set of skills that might be useful for this line of work. And, uh, also, the two of us are a package deal, so where one goes, the other will follow. I see. Uh... What set of skills you bring into the uh, metaphorical table? And uh, without saying anything else, Tag reaches into the pouch of the quaka and pulls out a <laughs> set of coins and says, Are these the coins you were saying uh, would get a drink? Because I totally did not take these from the tip jar while you were looking at the other people here. Is a quaka a marsupial? It absolutely is. <laughs> Is the, and is this your car? It has a powerful Is it a thieving marsupial? No, absolutely not. Like I said, oh, these didn't goodness. come from the tip jar. I take your... Uh, I take your point. Uh, now, the woman with the white hair, what is your name? My name is Obeyafo. Oh, I'm actually a man. Sorry. Oh, I'm the, so uh, sorry, Tim. I totally thought your character was a woman. It's I okay. I get that a lot. Well, I, I, Where I, I do come apologize. from, we do look a little different. I understand. Uh, my name's Obeyafo, and, uh, you know, where people travel, I travel. And around these parts, there's one man who keeps people from traveling. One man that does not let anyone just be. And I have an issue with that. So, Mr. Ambrose Muglin, I presume? Oh, that's a, that's a man. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm following anyone around here trying to get back at that guy. Well, but just, just look at me as the... Uh, the man that keeps things together. Oh, quite a tall order. Um, I respect that. So should I call you the uh, leader of this little gang of rebels here? 
I actually haven't met most of these people, but, uh... I'll take that role if they need it. Much appreciated and noted. I... Uh, sir, with the, uh... All manner of weapons all about you. What's your Bibi name? is led by no one. Oh, well, Bibi please continue. Serves. Studies. Tracks. Slaves. There is nothing that shall stop Babibi from acquiring his quarry. And Mugland has not taken kindly to me tracking his quarry to one of his estates and bringing it down upon their heads. The glorious flames. What is your quarry, friend? Babibi is the Impaler. All imps shall fall before my blade. Oh. I suspect that Mugland has been consorting with the demonic forces of Mephits and Imperials. Well, I wouldn't put it past him. Well, that would be... He has quite... made my task in life more difficult, and he shall be removed from my way. Well, I'm not one to argue with that. Um, well, friends, I have a, uh, a job for you, as I've, as I've said. And I would like you to, uh... I'd like you to pay close attention to our plan. Here's the game. You see, Ambrose Muglin has a decent portion of his funds invested in an old bank called the Gold Tank Reserve. It's a rundown temple of Abadar, an Ironside Quarter. It's mostly used by ranchers and crooked politicians. I happen to know they've sent half their clockwork handlers out for maintenance and won't have them back until tomorrow afternoon. This is our chance to hit Mugland where it hurts. All you have to do is bust up a few clockwork remaining, a few clockworks that are remaining, get the vault key from the bank manager and fill a sack with gold. Once you've done inside the bank, uh, run out the back. Muglin's got a few crooked shield marshals on his payroll, including that damn bastard Deputy Loveless. She and her goons are sure to be hot on your tail, but don't fight them. They'll gun you down in a second if you give them the chance. Just run away and they'll look like fools. Nothing's sure to fry the deputy's egg like crooks she can't catch, trust me. Now, uh, you can lose them in the Wailing Scrapyard just west of the reserve. There's a sewer entrance within. From there, it's a straight shot back to the saloon where you'll be safe. Any questions about this, uh, beautifully crafted plan that I have? Does Phoebe have a beautifully crafted map for this plan? Ah, map. Well, I could, I could arrange that for you, yes. I'll make sure to have an, a map for you before you leave the saloon tonight. And actually, I can put you up in a room at the inn if you would like. That would be appreciated. I suppose we could use some creature comforts while we're here. It's Speaking done. of, I enjoyed those hearts at high noon. Any chance I could meet the performers? Oh, of course. I'd I'd love to introduce you to our friends. They are talented theater performers, and they are uh, some of the best. So, absolutely, we'll get you set up to uh, speak with them later in the evening. Hey, excuse me, dog man. I have not seen many of your kind in these parts. 
I would imagine not. coat pleases my eyes. What color would you say it is? How would you describe this tint? <laughs> oh, it's brown. Uh, Oleander says, holding up the uh, duster that is wrapped around the chair behind him. Mm-hmm. It's fucking brown, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's bro win. <laughs> oh, you... I think you don't mean that one. Um, red? Dark red? Is it brown or dark red? The coat, the thing that I wear on me oh, is is God. brown. Yeah. That was yeah. this coat, uh Oleander says holding up just like pinching a little bit of his fur. Uh this is this is red. Yes. You're, you're, it's okay if you're colorblind. Uh, it would be helpful information to know, but uh it's more prevalent. <laughs> I have some suggestions for y'all if you uh are interested, but uh, I'd like to make sure that you are able to ask more questions if you have them. Uh, where is the money kept? And how do we get to it? Oh, well, once you uh, get the vault key from the banker, you'll be able to make your way deeper into the bank, open up the vault, and uh, I'd suggest checking out some other rooms within the bank, just in case there's money being held there as well. Um, but I would suppose that the majority of what you'll find will be in the main vault and uh, once you make your way in there fill those sacks up with as much gold as you can and make your way out once you work your way back um out through the uh out through the uh waste alleyway behind the uh the bank You'll be able to make your way over to the saloon after quite some time of making sure nobody's following you. Um, and I agreed to make sure each of you get 10% each. I keep the rest to cover costs and fund the next part of our plan to uh, take down Mugland. You know, assuming things go well the first time. And uh, were you intending to have a scope out the bank or is that uh, well, work already done? I think that would be a good idea, depending on how you as a group would like to pursue this endeavor, but, um... I have a few people here in the saloon tonight you might want to speak with to get a head start on your planning. While we take all the danger in our hands, you sit, plan, and percent is unsatisfactory. Ten percent. You wish for twelve each. Twelve percent. Well, um, I will take your suggestion into consideration, friend. Yes, we shall deliver the total sum. I'm sure, my friend. Well, then there's nothing to worry about. Maybe that sounds great to meet the other people who could help us plan this thing out. I'm also a little concerned about loose lips. You know, you got more drinks going on here. And they say where the wine flows freely, so does gossip. How do we know that this isn't getting out before we even get started? Well, because y'all seven are, or rather, us seven are the only people who know about this endeavor. Uh, the other folks here have no idea that this is what we're planning. 
they're simply invited by myself because I thought that uh, they might have some interesting information for you to know before going into the bank. Um, now, they know nothing at all about this plan, and I intend to keep it that way. I assume I can trust y'all? I think so. That's important to know before we go talk to them that we're not going to spill the beans on this particular adventure. Indeed. Well, on that note, I, uh, I can direct you over to a fella who works for the bank. I invited him tonight to, uh, check out our show, Hearts at High Noon, but he doesn't really know that, uh, he's gonna be running into all of y'all. Um, now, if you'll give me a moment, I'll go ahead and pull his name up, and, uh, why don't you talk amongst yourselves for just a few moments? Okay. I'm gonna get out of this awfully uh, distinctive armor before I meet any of these individuals. It's a good call. You will disarm yourself. Very I well. am always armed. Disarmor. <laughs> Do you agree with this plan, all of you? Well, the plan to make a plan that seems in order to me. Monetary damage is not sufficient to settle my scores. I think it's a good first step. I wish for something more direct. Maybe we can get it in with the banker, find a way up to the actual pockets he cares about. Getting through his wallet is one thing. The building should be burned down. <laughs> the building that... You go too far. There's too many innocents in this building. Oh, yeah. On that note, uh, was it Mr. Obeyafo? That's me. The uh, innocent people in the bank. When it comes to Muglin's businesses, nobody is truly innocent. However, best to not go around killing nobody or taking hostages. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't take wouldn't mind taking his investors down a notch, but I can't abide working with the crew of marauders as wicked as the devil himself, and, you know, many of those people are simply caught up in the wrong thing and don't really realize what they're doing is wrong. Um, so, please use some discretion in your endeavor. Right, we don't want to be attracting too much undue attention, just the necessary amount. And on that note, can I get a perception, a thievery, or a any sort of lore check that you might think would apply to learning more about the bank. And she also does supply a map at your table uh, that shows kind of okay. the bank's layout. Do you want us to announce our roles? Yeah, I wouldn't mind if you would do that, please. Uh, then I'll roll again, not privately. Oh, sure. shoot. Uh, it's okay. So uh, 14, Lore Alkenstar. Okay. And uh, 17, Thievery. Uh, 10, Perception. 10? Exceptional, I'm sure. Obeyavo, 18, Perception. Alright. Nine perception. Can I do underworld lore, or is that not appropriate? That seems really appropriate. Mm -hmm. I think that's appropriate, yeah. Okay, yeah, only 11. <laughs> Can I do knowledge engineering? I'm sure that seems appropriate. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't so. Think so. <laughs> it's sarcasm. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, that would be a Pathfinder 1 skill, huh? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so with a perception check, I... Who rolled perception? Was it... It was a... Okay, and... Uh, okay, so with a DC 12 perception, you're able to notice that... Uh, first off, there's a quiet street um, out just outside of uh, the Gold Tank Reserve. It's a... Uh, it's a quiet neighborhood. Uh, you would know looking at the map that like by the names of the streets that this area is somewhere that you know if, if there were some sort of ruckus at the bank it would be unlikely to immediately draw the attention of shield marshals um, or other outside interlopers people who are going to respond immediately since it is a quieter part of town you think most likely, law enforcement isn't suspecting anything to happen, so they're not patrolling this area really um, intensely. Uh, you also know, uh, I think, with the lore check on Alkenstar, um, John Smith, you know that the, the bank is actually an old temple of Abadar. Uh, the outer walls are solid stonework, and the domed ceiling of the main chamber is slightly cracked. Um, each entrance has, excuse me, has new wooden doors with simple locks. Um, so basically, any way you you try to get in uh, is going to be locked unless you're going through the front door. Um, with a let's see, Oleander. Uh, with your thievery check. Um, you think it's likely that there are some clockwork patrols that would be um, it, it kind of patrolling the interior of the bank. Um, and the way that those work is that they'll occasionally be seen through the windows. They'll stop um, and they'll stop in various locations, open the shutter on their head, and slowly rotate their head in a complete circle before moving on so that they can see everything around them. Um, and then they'll continue to the next location. Um, you think it would be pretty rare that they would see you through a window um, because they're not going to be like going by windows all the time, but if you catch one by a window, best to stay away. Um, and perception check again, anybody who rolled perception, uh, there's a back alley and the back of the bank features an overgrown yard that may once have housed a vegetable garden, but it's now a little more than overgrown weeds. Um, you think that doing anything here might draw more attention than elsewhere, um, uh, because of the, the leaves that are strewn across the yard, um. And then there are also, there's also a pathway that leads to a side door marked staff only. So that was a bunch of information, um, but I wanted to kind of open it up to all of you. Do you have questions about anything before we move on? Query. Yeah. Time of day for this assault. Well, I would say that's up to y'all. Um, it might honestly be easiest to go about this during the uh, 
during the daytime, but that's up to you. Um, of course, there will be people inside the bank and potentially a couple of uh, security guards inside the bank, but during the daytime, you'll actually be able to make it in. Um, during the nighttime, it's going to be quite a bit more difficult because, well, they lock that bank up pretty tight when the sun goes down. So, uh, maybe in the morning, maybe in the afternoon. Probably the morning would be the best time, but that's up to y'all. Uh, do we know if the key is still on the premises at night? The key? For the vault? Oh, the vault um, so she responds with well i'm not entirely certain but i do know that the vault key will be in the bank during the day when the employee who holds that key is on duty as far as where they put that key at night well i couldn't tell you query answer guards count as living creatures, which must not be slain. Correct. Indeed. I would, uh... uh go ahead. Uh, John would like to make a knowledge death and dying rolls for second edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know that... I mean, if you take someone down, then... They're gonna start bleeding out, but there's a chance they could come back to consciousness. Um, yeah. Can you specify non-lethal damage or not really? Yes. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Yeah. Minus yeah. two to hit. Minus two to hit. All right. So we can try it. Okay. Unless you have a non-lethal dedicated weapon, then it's great. Okay. <laughs> now I will say that most of the people guarding the uh, bank during the daytime will actually not be people. They're gonna be, well, automatons clockwork creatures, whatever you want to call them, but they are made of gears and machinery and nothing else. Um, maybe a little bit of magic, but I can't say that those things are actually alive. So, hopefully you feel better about taking some of them out if you absolutely need to. Um, there will be some shield wardens inside the bank when you arrive. I would expect one or two of them, but I would advise just simply run away from them if you can, because... Well, first off, I'd love to embarrass them. But second, I think it would be uh, a bad look if we were to uh, be found out and then find that we killed one of Ambrose Muglin's esteemed security officers. Um, question. Can I use an engineering lore check to check my knowledge on automatons yeah. and clockwork? Yeah, please feel free. Engineering lore 15. 15? What typical armaments are we expected to run up against? Okay, so you're likely to run across these things called gold tank brokers. Um, they are basically handlers of like um, of cash. They they are the security guards when large sums of money need to be transferred from one part of a bank to another. They'll be the people to carry it there, um, or rather the the machines to carry it there um they are usually pretty dangerous um they hold spear like 
things to attack. Other than that, uh, probably nothing major to be concerned about, other than like they have construct immunities, things like that. Um, looking at the map, just the layout, uh, does it look like this can possibly be a stealth job where there's enough closed rooms and segmented corridors that we can sneak around, or is it a big open floor plan like a temple would usually be where anything you're doing, everyone can see it? Stealth. Well, you see, if you look at the map here, I, uh... I would say you got a good chance of being as stealthy as you can be for for a bit of time before you make that uh, make yourselves known. I'd say you'd be able to enter the uh, establishment, walk around a bit, case the place, and try to determine what your best uh, way to go about the heist might be. But once you decide to make the heist happen, I would assume that most of the bank's gonna know. Um, However, uh, I'm not certain you could you could make yourselves as uh, stealthy as a shadow in the wind, but I'm I'm not I'm not sure if uh, that'll last the entire time. Yeah, and we likely are not the first people to attempt to rob this place. Um, do we happen to know besides the? dangerous automaton things, uh, what other security measures they happen to have to prevent people from getting out? Who else would have thought of this plan? Say that uh, again, Yuri. People who want money. <laughs> yeah. Would anyone else have okay. thought of this plan? Well, Not this specific one, but attempting to rob a bank in general, yes. I would think most people are afraid to rob Ambrose Mugland. Um, any healthy person would have a healthy fear of robbing the man, as he is quite the tycoon. Uh, however... And vindictive. Indeed. Uh, I, I would believe that it's possible someone else might be looking to do the same, but I would guess most people don't have the same intel that I've got. Um, you see, I'm aware that his security force will be quite light-handed tomorrow afternoon. Or tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so what worries... So what I'm thinking is basically either we bar the doors and keep everyone inside or else once this starts and the customers run out screaming, then we're uh, just fighting the clock till they get the law <laughs> notified and on the way. Oh, and uh, Mr. Oleander, uh, to answer your question about the, uh, the bank closing up on you while you's in there, um, I have to say I wouldn't be terribly concerned about that. I don't believe they have any sort of mechanical, uh, security measures that can lock the door at a moment's notice uh if someone's trying to lock the door it's likely a person so chances are you can take that person out for a brief moment and stop them from locking that door in front of you um I'd right. worry, yes i'd worry most about those clockwork people roaming about all right seems fair looking at the map 
Are there buildings in the surrounding area? There how are, close yeah. and how tall? It's like nestled into a neighborhood. So basically, Fantastic. yeah, it's there are like homes on either side um, or like small shops on either side. There's an alleyway in the front or rather a like a, a cobblestone street in the front and then an alleyway in the back. And then it goes so, out into the waste waste area behind. Here's the real question. With accounting for elevation and a ladder, is roof access viable? Oh, interesting. I appreciate that creativity, my friend. Um, unfortunately, as this is an old Abadar temple, it's uh, solid stonework, and the uh, domed ceiling up at the top won't allow for many entrances inside. I believe there's only a small uh, hole to allow light in from the top. And I don't believe that will allow a person inside. We're gonna need a bigger bomb. <laughs> Getting in won't be a problem. It's during the day. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking if we're the first customers when they open the door in the morning, then maybe we won't be too disturbed by anyone else. Alright, the fewer people that are there who aren't expected to be, then the better. Mm-hmm. Don't want any unexpected elements in our plan ruining things. I was thinking more once we get out, if there's a place nearby that we are already friendly with or is abandoned that we could hold out until fire home's done. I will make sure that you are set up safely to uh, exit the situation. I'll have uh, my saloon ready to take you in as soon as you can arrive. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll do some more thinking tonight, see if there's anybody else who can help you once you're done with your little adventure inside the bank. Will we receive a, a stipend for supplies? Oh, of course. I have some supplies ready for you already. I have a question. Indeed. Is the typical clientele in adventure gear? Like, can we wear our typical armor going in, or are we supposed to be off in linens? Well, you might want to try and disguise yourself, but I would imagine anybody wearing full armor could simply disguise themselves as, well, someone's personal assistant trying to protect them. After all, everybody who tends to go into this bank is a do-gooder investor who has quite a bit of cash in their pockets, so uh, it wouldn't be unheard of for them to have a personal guard following them around from time to time. John raises a hand. Uh, I will need better looking clothes. Oh, well, I can arrange Babibi. that. Babibi has done guard work. Babibi will guard the fox. Thank you, I suppose. Speaking of fox specifically, and I'm going to interrupt out of character for a second. Oh. Um, small note that might be important very soon. Uh, for my change shape feature... Mm-hmm. Do all of my clothes and equipment get subsumed into my new form, as mine is a small fox? Typically with polymorph, your clothes stays with you. Yeah. Oh, that'd be mm -hmm. interesting. It's <laughs> magical. Right, is this polymorph rules, or are we, uh, are we doing, uh, I'm like, anamorph rules, or are we doing... <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to have to be... All your equipment next, goes with you. Uh, podcast it's soon. a magical... Yeah. yeah, with yeah. change shape, I believe it is. Uh, it goes with you. Turns into the fox. Okay, 
That's good. Mm -hmm. uh, we can double check later, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, I, I'm reading the form and it's it's not saying anything specifically okay. about that. But if it's polymorph rules, if, if we're just going to kind of assume that, mm -hmm. then yeah. Visually, between Oleander and Tag, who can look the most important and worth being a patron at this bank? Uh, that's a good question. If we're going to do this ruse, we need someone... Well, to we... have guards. Yeah, but just to walk in the door, we're not going to be right. buffing anyone, I don't think. suppose I could play that part. Uh, you're definitely the more personable of the two of us, but I'm definitely the better dressed. Yeah. If you're looking for the attitude and snobbery, that's me. If you're looking for who looks the part, that's him. Well, I mean, there's something also to be said of the attitude and snobbery coming from this one, but... Oh well. <laughs> I care not for who I guard. Just decide. Now, me. I, uh, okay. I have something that I'll might... take John. What's mm -hmm. that? I'll take John. Yep. That's fine. Um, and Rosaline chimes in. Oh, I would, uh, I, I would appreciate if I could join Mr. John Smith. I've seen you around the farms now and then, and, and, uh, maybe if, if Mr. Obeyafo, you could... You could act as our guard that- oh, oh, who was it that offered? That, that was me. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Uh, Mr. Smith, would- would you mind if I joined you as well? Uh, that seems fine. Excellent. Um, now- and, uh, Phoebe Dunsmith chimes in. Well, everybody, I have a- a little gift for y'all. Uh, something that might help you. And then I need to go attend to my customers. First off, the people that I'd like you to speak with here. Uh, the first one is the a teller by the name of Byron. Um, he's over at uh, the Barrel and Bullet, which is a neighboring saloon. Um, and I would recommend speaking with him about maybe trying to get an idea of how the bank works from within um and after that i you know i might advise you to uh ask around and get some information about the uh, wayland scrapyard out behind the gold tank reserve it's known to be a little bit treacherous i'm sure all of you can handle it but it's something to be prepared for in what condition should Byron return to work tomorrow morning? Oh, well, that is an interesting question. I would be shocked if he went to our fine establishment here tonight and didn't have himself a few drinks. Hungover, perhaps? I think that might be, be a little a nice bit off idea. his game. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we can wine and dine him or. We'll just try to drink him under the table, I suppose. Um, so, I'm going to open this up to all of you. We have a few things that you can do now. Um, oh, and as she, as she leaves, by the way, she gives each of you a hat of disguise. Um, Whoa! 
Yeah. And yes, I would like that for sure. So what does it do? <laughs> so a hat of disguise. This ordinary looking hat allows you to cloak yourself in illusions. Um, the hat casts the first level illusory disguise spell on you. While setting up the disguise, you can magically alter the hat to appear as a comb, ribbon, helm, or other piece of headwear. Um, and I will uh, allow all of you to kind of flavor that how you want. Make your own choice there. Uh, but you now each have a hat of disguise, which is a level two item. And before I she... trade it for a rune of striking. <laughs> as she, <laughs> as, hey. she um, as she puts she said, that Don't down, break the game. Uh, she kind of drops those in front of each of you, and then she says, "And uh, one more thing." And she drops a oh bag of holding on the table oh, well, as well. That's a lot of gold we're gonna carry. Mm -hmm. And, well, thank you very much for your uh, generous gifts. I'm sure I, for one, stand out in this crowd a little bit more than the others. So uh, I appreciate the uh, ease of making a disguise for me. Um, as to the bag of holding, though, if uh, you don't mind, if I carry it for the uh, sole reason that I... It'll be able to make it even more hidden, if necessary. Um, and if I may demonstrate, uh, an oleander with a little bit of a flourish and a bow uh, will change shape while holding, I'm assuming, the bag of holding, um, and uh, into a small, adorable little red fox. Oh, well, my, now aren't you the most adorable little thing in this whole bar? Oh, my goodness, everybody take Immediately a look. changing shape back. <laughs> Thank you, that will be uh, enough of that, I'm aware. Uh, but, uh, point, I suppose, taken? Mm -hmm. You can fit in a sack and I can carry <laughs> I can. I can also fit through tight spaces and carry things that may need to be hidden yeah. and conveniently not on any of your persons. You can like fit a in a sack and vault. I can throw you over a wall. Please don't. Yeah, I was gonna say, you asked me not to break this campaign, and then you give me a bag of holding session <laughs> one. Okay, so there's a very small opening in the ceiling, probably wide enough for a bag of holding with five people in it to go through. And the fox that yeah. can leap through it. Yep. <laughs> okay, new plan, back to the roof. Except we can't open the bag from the inside, so you... Java. Not Java. a problem. <laughs> we have a fox that can do it. Oh, I, I see. Familiar, but yes. uh, I like uh, this idea. No, I can't. Someone inside can attempt a DC 13 escape attempt to get out. But one of us will make it and let the others out. Will you? Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> Eventually it's We're 13. I have a positive. Someone out of curiosity is going to be like, the hell is this bag doing? Yeah, <laughs> and then sword straight out of the bag. No, yep. no, no. We're leaving people alive. They can take one sword. <laughs> one well, sword in the eye. If y'all are done sounding. with your little shenanigans, then uh, I'm gonna walk away and go tend to my customers. Remember, Mr. Byron, he's a teller, and then I would recommend just, you know, asking around about uh, the Wayland Scrapyard. Thank Have a wonderful so much, night. Dude. Oh, uh, and uh, oh yes, of course. But one more thing, I uh, you have about, I would say fifteen to eight 
15 hours before Mr. Ambrose Muglin's little goons arrived back in that, uh, in that establishment. So, chop chop, my friends. And she gives you a smile, turns away. It's, yeah, it's about 9 p.m. by at now, right now. Okay, it only holds two humans. Oh, so, Byron huh. is just a Damn teller. <laughs> okay. Let's see what he has to tell. How practiced are you in the art of seduction? I know my way around man or woman or something otherwise. What do you have in mind? I think just... It's either violence or coercion. I can do either or. I'm better at violence. Well, we don't want to play our hand immediately before the game. And don't let me talk to him. Before we All get right. to that, what <laughs> do, do we, we want to know specifically from Byron? Uh, well, do we know who has the key and where they are in the morning? That's probably That's number one. one. Uh, yeah, what and where is security? Uh, I guess how... we have a map for where the vault is. Well, how to disguise, how do you even identify workers? Is there a way we could blend in as a worker, knowing what they wear or what procedures they use? That's fair. We could either be highfalutin sort of uh, patrons and then yeah. pull a fast one on them, or we can uh, blend in and... Or we could be plumbers! Well, seriously, hmm. if we go in dressed how we are, and then we use the hat of disguise once we're inside, you know, nothing stops you there from them disguising as a guard or something like that. Yep. You just need a, a safe spot where no one's observing you, and you become someone completely new. Right, but we probably should make sure that our actual appearances, especially those of us who stand out a little bit more in a crowd of non-fox people, uh, are probably going in disguised and then change to another one later. Yeah, I... We'd like to probably not tie our actual appearances to anyone who is seen in or out or around this place. Yep, go in with one disguise, switch to another. Our hat of disguise allows us to appear as another creature for one minute. Once per day. Once per day. Once per day, well then. We have to mm. be within six inches of their height, which might rule me out. And 50 pounds of weight. Um, hmm. Fair enough. We might either but we want could the guards... pool our hats together. One individual could have multiple disguises. True. Mm -hmm. Possible. We could either continually appear as Byron. Maybe we could be clockwork guards and move into different locations. Okay, so I think... Or we could even be Ambrose Mugland. Uh, I, I think this is, it takes one minute to activate it. The oh. spell itself says it lasts for an hour. An hour even yeah. better. There you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we'll be okay for... So now we have a whole cast. If someone wants to actually pretend to be Ambrose Mugland... It, it says it's not good enough to impersonate someone. A okay. person. Yeah. Right. So, guy in uniform of bank, yes. Yes. Byron, probably not. Yeah. Works for me. Well, um, so also... Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Go ahead. Uh, so, so far I got, uh, who has key, what and where security, and uniforms. Anything else we're thinking for Byron? Uh, exits other than the front door, and are they locked from the inside, or can we just leave? 
Right. He's going to be very drunk or very hurt to answer these kinds of questions. Uh, if we're intending to get him hung over for tomorrow, then I suppose that is likely going to be feasible. You think you're up to that challenge, Tag? Up oh, and down. I know you are. Let's go with another angle. Maybe we can turn him. Is there something he wants or someone we can threaten? Well, but also, what could he do for us? That's fair. I don't suppose Mugland is the uh, kindest of employers. Uh, every man has his price. Yeah, but what would he do for us? We need more information on him. So, clarification, is Byron at this saloon, or we're going to the barrel and bullet to meet him? Let me double check. I believe you are all at the... Um... Let's see. You are at the Barrel and Bullet Saloon. Um, okay. Yeah, we're yeah, in the back room or something. So he's here. Yeah. Um, we could also ask how the automatons work, if there's any way to give them commands or shut them down centrally, or if they would, like, respond to a fire in one corner and I'll go over there, or, you know, something about their routines. Do they ever act weird or malfunction? Okay. Find out where he lives, if he has family, if he has pets, and if there's any fetishes he doesn't want to get out. <laughs> that feels like a longer term plan than tomorrow morning. I mean, we'll table it. Yeah. And Affairs, even. After kind of, I would imagine, walking around the saloon a little bit, maybe looking for this person, um, maybe asking here and there. Hey, do you know someone by the name of Byron? Um, you see... You said he was in another saloon other than ours, right? No, Yeah, I initially thought that, but uh, he is actually here at this at this saloon. Um, but asking yeah. around, you are able to find who you think is Byron. Um, and it's a human man sitting at a table by himself and he has a tankard of ale in one hand. Uh, he looks a little bit sad. Um, and he's just drinking his ale. Madame Phoebe, I'll take two off the top shelf bottles. I'll hand her one piece of silver. Oh, why? Well, of course. For a friend. For a friend. And, uh, what did you say your name was? And she gives you a wink. Habibi's name is Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Halfling, uh, approaches the bar. Um, still with mostly orange hair, but, uh, now with a distinctive feather in her hair. And uh, she says, and my name is Sam. I'd also like one of those deals, if you don't mind. Well, of course, Miss Sam. She gives you a wink as well. She hands... Do I actually get the bottles? Yeah, she hands each of you what you requested. Um... Fantastic. Because I was going to give those bottles to Sam already <laughs> and say, go help our friend. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sam says, uh, maybe four is too many. I'll take these two from the kind gentleman, Spencer. I mean, if you're offering, I'll take one. Okay. 
All right. Three bottles. John is going to have sort of an anxiety attack watching this <laughs> and decide that we have That's too fair. many cooks in this social interaction. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Jamie, unless you really don't want us to split the party, I think John Smith will like walk to the bank and scout escape routes along the way. I'm Sounds going good. with you. Okay. I will be scouting as a fox to get into places. Yeah, that's oh, I was planning on going to the whaling scrapyard. Yeah, I just yeah was the scrapyard the is the same area, so I think we'll check out the scrapyard and then figure out an escape route back to the bar. Sam the okay. halfling looks around and only sees one of his original party <laughs> back. Um, or one of her... Uh, yeah, only one of her party. Oh, no, no two of her party. Ross leave. Oh, just for us then. <laughs> uh, yeah, Good Ross hunting. Is with y'all, and she she hangs out in the bar. Um, but mm -hmm. she looks at you, Tag, and does one of these with her thumb. Like I'm gonna go over here. Um, points back over her shoulder and walks to another table and begins talking to people. Tag says to herself, Tag, you're it, I guess, and approaches oh the table. Okay. Um, and uh, I will have uh, said where we're going so that you're apprised of it, and uh, on the way out, I've given you a kind of a shoulder pat and said, well, work your charms, do what you're good at. Yeah, I do a quick message to each of you. Hey, this is what my voice sounds like when I message you. Make sure to respond if I message you. I say okay out loud, and then I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> I put on the hat of disguise, disguise myself as a half-elven man and then of thoughts. roughly my same height, and say, Your face, who dis, okay. as I leave. Okay. So that you are familiar with what my disguise will look like. I shall scout the scrapyard. Okay. And prepare a path. I'm going to start with Tag at the table. Uh, the man looks up at you as you approach. What, what can I help you with, miss? Uh, Sam. I saw... I was going to give you a drink for celebrating, but maybe to drown your sorrows instead? Oh, well, I suppose so. I've been little more upset today than usual. Uh, the name's Byron. Pleasure, I'm sure. What's, what's bothering you? You mind if I join you? I've got a drink for me, maybe a drink for you. Oh, well, that's mighty kind of you, Miss Sam. I, uh... Well, I suppose I'm brooding over here because I... I well... It's a work-related thing. I, I hear you. We tend to carry our work home with us, don't we? That is very true, friend. Tell me, what what's happening at work? What what do you happen to do? Oh no, I wouldn't want to bore you. It's a uh, not an exciting life. I'll tell you what, I already had that excitement with the show. Wasn't that great? It was fantastic, although I can't say it's my cup of tea. Um, but they are mighty talented. I'm happy to have been invited tonight. Do you know the bartender, Miss Phoebe Dunsmith? She is mighty kind. Can't say I know her too well. I'm not from around these parts. That's why I was hoping to hear your story. Uh, a little bit of... Uh... 
You know, what seems boring to a local, it's, it's interesting to me. I'm a traveling halfling, so I would love to hear your story, Mr. Byron. Well, in that case, then, and he holds up his drink, gives you, like, a clink, cheers, and takes a swig. Um, well, you see, I'm a, I'm a teller over at the Gold Tank Reserve. It's a, it's a bank down in, uh, down in the, uh, neighborhood over, over that way. Um, well, you see, I, I've been working there for quite some time, and I've been expecting a big old promotion for, for a while. Uh, you know, it's, it's been some time I'm trying to look out for my family, and, well, somebody else got the promotion over me. I hate when that happens. You're looking out for the family, and then they don't look out for you, no matter how much you work, how long you go. Tell me more. What? What's the? I, I hear teller and then promote up to what? Manager? Is that how it works? Well, I, I was hoping to uh, become a a broker, um, but it's not really in the cards, I guess. Um, rather help people with their finances than sit behind a uh, a cash register the entire day. Um, Taking, taking cash out, giving it to people. I'd rather, you know, um, well, I'd rather yeah. help people with their financial advice. Um, maybe an accountant of some sort. Maybe uh, just something more than standing behind a desk. And he takes a swig. Absolutely, I think Byron the bro the broker has quite a nice ring to it. Byron, Byron the teller. Broker, well. <laughs> Yeah, Byron the Teller's not too exciting. Uh, Byron the Accountant? Byron the Broker? Byron the... Well, whatever, I don't know. Um, guess it's not gonna happen. Why didn't it happen this time? I, I wanna know. Who, uh, who got the lead over you? Oh, well... It's, uh... An elvish woman. She's been working at the... At the bank not too long, uh... Not too short either, you know. She does her job well. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, you know. I'm not upset that she's the one to get the position, but well, I just wish it was me, you know. Um, yeah, I, I hate that. You seem like, I mean, we've only been talking a little bit, but I would love to talk to you if it was me coming into the bank. Oh well, that's. You know, I'm actually. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's very kind of you. Give me a, a diplomacy check. Absolutely. So that is a 17. Um, you feel that uh, at this point in the conversation, you could either try to make an impression or you could coerce him into uh, doing something that you would like. Um, either way, um, it's up to you how you want to proceed, but you feel like you've made enough an, an impression to continue this further. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if it's better to get him good and drunk and have him recognize me the next day and uh, start it that way, or if it's better to uh, coerce him into letting us in. I think... I'll go with the coerce option, I think. Okay. Uh, 
What do you say? So, um, I, I keep the conversation light for a little bit, but the drink's a little heavier. Um, and anytime his uh, cup is getting close to empty, I motion to Phoebe to refill it. Um, and he's like once putting he's his hand a... over like, no, I'm, I'm fine, really. Oh, well, and another one. I, I guess I could do one more. And I keep pouring at mine, but it's now being filled with water instead of with alcohol so <laughs> okay. that I can keep alert. But then he feels like he's drinking with me. Oh. Um, and so I, I think the next line of inquiry will be like, I noticed what he came in to the bar with. Is that what he wears at work, or how do the other uniforms look like? Would it have looked differently if he was broker? Do the security look like that too? It's a, quite a sharp uniform. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is this is my tailor's uniform. It's quite similar to many of the other uniform uh, uniforms at the uh, the bank. But well, you see this little pin right here. This is what indicates that I am a teller. Um, the accountants have a slightly different one, the brokers have a slightly different one, uh, security has a slightly different one, uh, well, security's in full plate armor, uh, but... Oh, really? Indeed. Full plate? Yeah, we gotta wow, protect what's strange. in that bank. I, I, uh, I guess security is paramount, but I would imagine that would be quite tiring for most people. Oh, well, I guess they're professionals, you know, um... I don't know if you are much of a fighter, but before I worked oh, here, oh well, before I worked here, I had my my fair share of adventuring, and uh, it can be quite tiring. Um, anyway. No kidding. Yeah. And, and your family, they adventured with you too. Oh no, that was before I met the missus. Oh, so there's the missus at home. Well, that has to cheer you up, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Well, I just wish I could supply some... Well, I wish I could uh, provide for them. But, like I said, I guess that's not happening as much as I would hope. Yeah. I, I should probably call it a night relatively soon. I'm supposed to open up the bank tomorrow morning. I, I gotta make sure that I'm all put together. Um, I gotta get my keys ready and such. Oh, no kidding. You were talking about keys. There must be, what, multiple entrances and gates and all that? That gets very complicated very quick, doesn't it? Oh, indeed. I just need to open up the uh, main entrance and the back entrance. Um, start with the main entrance. You know, how it goes. It's like any establishment. Just gotta make sure that it's open for people to enter. I see. I mean, it's when the bank opens, that's when you open up the... The main entrance? Indeed, yeah, we have, uh, we got some workers who, uh, who will be going in before me, but they'll be keeping everything closed before, uh, before I get there, I'll be the one to, uh, you know, go in and open up the main gates. Uh, I would like to, uh, deceive him like I'm going to, um, like, take his, his cup to fill it with some uh, more alcohol, but instead I'm actually reaching over his wrist to uh, try to uh, mess with his watch a little bit. Okay. 
Give me a thievery check. Thievery? Okay. I wanted to try to more talk it over. Um, why don't you give me a... If you can give me a DC 20 diplomacy check, then I'll give you a plus two on your thievery check. Okay. Kind of aid yourself, I guess. Uh, it didn't happen. Okay. So, as I start to talk it over, I think it's a bit too clumsy and obvious, and so I decide uh, maybe I'm not going to go this way. Okay, uh, give me a perception um, check as you make that attempt. Okay. Oh, critical fail. Got one. Oh, so no. So, there it is. <laughs> you sent the right woman for the job. Yeah, the rolls aren't going with me this time. Oh, good. Um, he starts to stand up and just says well it was very nice uh speaking with you i i uh i hope you have an excellent night uh what, what was your name again sam uh, uh, nice to meet you as well baron um if if i do end up having a fortunes to bank somewhere where you work sounds like such a great place indeed yeah it's a. Uh... Well, it's fine. Um, I hope you'll uh, start an account with us at some point. Um, we'll have a wonderful night. I'll talk to you later. Have a, have a good night. Um, Tag, yeah. as he walks out the door, you catch just hanging out of the back of his um, messenger bag is a silver key um, that's on a large key ring. Since it's in his bag, is it considered attended? It is, I would say, in his current state, I would say it is probably unattended. Okay, um, then I'm going to use Mage Hand just to uh, knock it out of the bag. Okay. And then later I'll retrieve it. I'm just knocking it under the table kind of thing. Nice. And uh, a set of keys falls um, on the ground at the entrance to the door and gets swiped underneath the table. Is it like a couple of inches or smaller, the keys? The keys are actually, they're on a large key ring, a large silver key ring. And there are like three or four keys on it. Um, and... But it's, it's light, right? Not it's light, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, then uh, I'll just sit at the table drinking a little bit, but um, those who are really paying attention probably would notice that the quokka uh, descends from my shoulder, it goes under the table, and puts something in the pouch, and then comes back up onto my shoulder. All right, so you now have a set of keys that you believe you could use for... Um, getting into the bank. Great. Um, I messaged the update to everybody else. How far does message go? It's 120 feet or something like that. I'll check. 120 feet? Yeah, I would think if you are investigating the scrapyard, you probably aren't going to be able to hear it. Yeah, so the two others still at the bar would hear, and the three of us who went to scout. Yeah, let's go uh, ahead and. Let's take a look at the scouts. Um, what are we all doing as, as you arrive at the bank and the scrapyard? 
Um, I am going to uh, change into my fox shape. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to do just a quick perimeter search, look through the alley, and I want to kind of see what the escape route could look like. Okay. Um, the... Yeah, give me a perception check. Or you could give me a survival check. You could do... Um, uh, maybe an applicable lore check, if you think something might work. I will go with perception. Uh, which is going to be... A nat one. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I'll be doing the same thing, but in a disguise as, you know... Uh, city worker going home for the night walking fast. Fox has low light vision, not dark vision. There's my excuse. There cool. Um, John Smith, with your uh, or check on Alkenstar, mm -hmm. uh, looking around, this neighborhood seems like, like, if you're going to steal a bank, this is an excellent place to do it. Steal from a bank, this is an excellent place yep. to do it. Um, it's like kind of a suburban area um there isn't any like law enforcement station anywhere nearby um and i think you would know from your time in and around alkenstar that um the streets here are kind of hard to navigate and so it's going to take a bit of time for someone to get to this bank if something went wrong um looking at the bank um the bank entrance uh you would know is while it is kind of a like an out of the way area it is still a relatively busy street so you think in the morning, like if you go around the time of the bank's opening, there will probably be quite a few people on the street going in and out of the bank. Um, so mm -hmm. while most people tend to mind their own business, like you're probably going to end up uh, coming across quite a few people as you approach. Um, so I think that's what you get by looking at the area um everything else seems to check out based on what uh check out with what phoebe dunsmith said and i think that's kind of everything you're gonna get about the bank itself okay i want to look in the like surrounding area to sort of plot a pass where you know we duck out the back door or a side door of the bank we go down a blind alley that's not really easy to see. We duck into a business and out the back of that one. You know, basically how to get five blocks away without being super visible the whole time, if I can. Yeah, um, and it's actually super convenient in looking at all of this more closely. Um, I mean, give me a perception check or a survival check. But, like, sure. it, it seems like it would be a pretty easy escape. Okay, yeah, 17 perception. Yeah, 17. You're definitely going to confirm that the best way to get out of this is through the Wailing Scrapyard. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, right backed up against the bank is this waste scrapyard. 
Um, and there's a big fence that you'd have to hop in order to get in. Uh, but once you do, like, you'd think it's pretty easy to hide amongst all of the trash um, and scrap and junk that's just kind of sitting around the area. Um, and as you kind of work your way through that scrapyard, um, which you can't really get into it easily right now, but looking at it, it seems like it kind of winds around quite a bit. So it'd be a good place to lose people. Um, and the scrapyard is pretty big. Like, um, you think it's at least as large as the bank itself, if not um, double, up to double the size. Um, mm -hmm. And it leads to a sewer um, a sewer drain. And so you can escape through the sewer drain, which is large enough to hold um, up to, like, a humanoid-sized person. Okay, so I will sort of plot out, uh, you know, the path that I think we could run from hopping the fence out the back door of the bank to places we could hide on the way to the sewer grate to cool. entering it and then, like, try and get a sense from looking at other sewer grates in the ground, you know, which direction we would go once we're down there to get far enough away. Okay. Um, and... I believe also Babibi was checking out the Wailing Scrapyard. Did you want to do anything specific? <laughs> you good, Yuri? <laughs> the night is pregnant with the anticipation of tomorrow's events. What? <laughs> Babibi shall visit the butcher. Is the butcher open? <laughs> uh, the butcher shop yes uh at this time of night no it is not but you do find a butcher shop yes, pretty close by Habibi will walk to the back and throw to the floor the trash bin with the wasted meat from the end of the day and collect one full sack assuming there's any waste bin i'm i'm presuming already yeah i would i would say so all right I will take the rotten and ripening meat and fill two sacks worth on my way to the scrapyard. Okay, cool. Uh, you're able to collect the meat from the back of the butcher shop. It looks like it, it's uh, pretty gross. It smells pretty bad. Um, this is like three or four day old meat that is, you know, not, uh, that hasn't been like preserved. It's kind of the scraps that they didn't use. Um, and it's it smells pretty bad. If a whaling scrap guard yard is guarded by dogs or the like, the smellier the better. Smart. I like it. Alright. Um are y'all cool with oh wait, Oleander, you were uh you were at the whaling scrapyard as well. Did you wanna do anything? Oh, you went directly? Uh yes, and I would also have wanted to do something before the night is up. Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna say I need to get to the scrapyard while the night's still going. Cool. Later. Yeah, you're able to do so. Um, did you need to play something out, Yuri? Uh, you can go first. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I did roll a nat one perception on things that John 
and I were already looking over, so um, I guess if there's anything specifically you need to resolve from that. Uh, otherwise, I did have a thing I wanted to do before the night is up. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I will momentarily change back to my normal form. Uh, when we are done scouting out, which I assume we're going to do at some point. Yeah. Uh, and I will tell John, you can, uh, you can make it back to the inn yourself, I presume. Uh, yeah. When you, uh, when you see Tag, let her know that I'll be joining you all shortly. I have some business to attend to. Okay. And then reassume my fox shape, and I am going to go home. Okay. Uh, to my home, which I suppose we were talking in some backstory stuff. Uh, my previous knowledge with Tag, we would be, f she obviously would be familiar with where I live. Uh, but John, not to give away too much on Mike, but I believe you were um, also staying with us for a bit. Uh, no, I think we said I'm staying at the inn. Basically. Staying at the inn. Yeah. Okay, I meant prior. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we changed that. Right, okay, we changed that. That's fine. Um, then, then, that's just me then. I would go home, I would approach the door, um, and I would enter into my own home. Uh, I'm assuming Elwyn and Lilac are there. Yeah, um, they are in their room at this time. Um, you open up the door and you hear a little girl's voice daddy and they run to greet you <laughs> i pick lilac up in my arms give her a big swooping twirling hug say ah, did you miss me i guess what'd you do today <laughs> oh plan some business with a few associates of mine nothing you would be too interested in can we do the story? The present. Oh, of course we're going to do the story before you go to bed. That's why I'm here. Couldn't go to let you go to sleep without a story now, could I? And she just kind of gives a shy smile. Um, you got me something? I did, indeed. And I pull out uh, a small flower I have picked from when we were scouting. I'm assuming a wild area has probably got some wild flowers in blossom. It's so pretty as this little uh, fox girl looks at this flower. Um, how would you describe her? What does she look like? Um, she is the spitting image, not of me, uh, but of her mother. Uh, she is very small. She has two tails. Um, and she uh, has one green eye on her right, one blue eye on her left. Uh, tiny, precocious, dressed very girly, um, and probably has some paint splatters somewhere on her. Do you want to see what I made today? Absolutely, of course. I would love to see what you made. And she uh, kind of leads you over toward a, um, a table that you all have um, that you have set up for her to paint on. And... Um, she shows you a canvas painting that she did, and mm -hmm. it seems kind of childish, but at the same time, like, she's talented. She has uh, a good handle on her line work. She 
hasn't quite figured out shading yet, um, but she's got a, a good idea of how to make shapes relatively accurate. Um, it's better than most children would do, but it's still, obviously, it's a, it's a child's painting. Um, and she's very proud of it. She's beaming at you as she holds it up. Uh, how easily can I tell what it is a painting of? It's a, yeah, it, it's a painting of kind of a field of flowers with some mountains in the background. Oh. Um, okay. And there's a, uh, a wooden structure that is off in the distance. A ca mountain cabin surrounded by some flowers and happy little trees. Very well done. Oh, thanks. I, I had a dream about it last night. Um, you did? Yeah, it was really pretty. I, I, I dream about it sometimes. Um, I, I guess I've never really painted it before, but, you know, I, I guess I don't think about it so much, but I thought I'd uh, I'd try to paint it out. But, yeah, it, it was it was in my dream last night. Oh, well, that is fascinating, Lilac. Now you go run up, let your uh, let Andy and I talk for a little bit, and then I'll... Uh, I will... Um join you for your story shortly all right okay sounds good um are, are you gonna are you gonna take the painting with you or are you gonna keep it here let's keep it here for now I'll, uh, be nice to have some art hanging up in the house i think okay and she runs upstairs <laughs> all right thank you for watching her elwyn of course how are you Tired, and I give my husband a kiss, and pull back and look him in the eye and say, "Well, I might be gone for a little while." Something's wrong. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing's wrong, but you know how work is. Sometimes I might have to lay low for a bit, and... but I'll be back as long as everything goes well. We're planning something. Or tomorrow, that will help, uh, help us settle our score, I think. Am I going to hear about it in the newspapers? <laughs> not right away. Certainly not with my name attached to it, if we, uh, are successful. <laughs> Keep it that way. Will do. You, uh, will want to keep in touch with us. So, um, as soon as possible, I will write to you. Uh, if not, have Tag send you a message letting you know that we're okay. If we happen to be close by, but just laying low. Uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get word to you somehow, but uh, if you hear that nobody's been caught, then we've done our job. You know that I appreciate your friend Tag. I, I, I really do, but she's often a little bit more chaotic than I would like. I, I worry about you when you're with her. Well, it won't be just the two of us this time. It will be an entire group of people. There's quite a collection, actually. Um, you've met John, likely, or at least you've heard of him. Oh, the, the nice farmer man. Yes, I, I remember him. He seemed like he had a good head on his shoulders. I'd say so, yes, but... Uh, found a few other heads on shoulders that I think will do the job well, so, uh... Somehow that makes good me about this one. a little even more frightened. But I trust you. Um, shall All we? Right. 
And he begins to walk upstairs um, and grabs the storybook for Lilac, hands it to you, and kind of follows you into the room after um, after you. And after a story, a uh, moment with my husband and tucking my little girl into bed, I will return to the end. Okay. Um, going over to, was it Yuri, did you have anything else that you wanted to do? Yeah, I'd like to approach the scrapyard. Okay, go ahead. Uh, what are you trying to take a look at? Are you trying to perceive? You're trying to um, do something in the scrapyard? Tell me more. Uh, at the moment, I'd like to stop short 200 feet and observe it. Okay. Um, give me a perception Is there check. Movement? Sure. I'm looking for a general movement and construction, the area, and how large it is. And perception will be 16. Okay. Uh, you think maybe you see a flash of movement off in the distance. Uh, through the fence, as you're looking, you see maybe a shadow kind of dart from one one pile of rubbish to another. You think maybe it's an animal of some sort. It's hard to tell. Um, and as you're looking into the scrapyard, it, it looks quite large. I mean, there is literally a uh, there's literally a steamboat, like a Whoa. full boat that is sitting within the scrapyard, um, and it looks like they just kind of dumped it here. Um, it, it, this place is massive, um, so. I mean, it's it's definitely a good place to get lost, um, and it's definitely a good place to lose someone. All right. The night is quiet, hot, and dry. But Bibi's nose is pricked by the rot in his hands. <laughs> he drops the sacks at his feet and grasps a handful of rancid meat in one hand and approaches the perimeter fence. What is the material of the fence, if I may? Yeah, it's a, a metal wire. Um, doesn't look like it's too. Um, Could I compare it to like modern modern chain link? Yeah. With all his might, but Bibi hurls the rotten parcel as far into the junkyard as he can. I have a very uh, important you know, question, Yuri. Is yes. Bubby narrating this as he does this? I was gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Please say yes. At least in your head. Oh, absolutely in my head. <laughs> what, what, what stealth would I do? I'm just, just talking out loud. <laughs> yes, these are inner thoughts. Okay. <laughs> inner monologue. Cool. Um, continue, I'm sorry. With all his might, he strains his biceps and hurls the rancid pad parcel deep into the scrap of cries. Okay. Uh, I'll do a strength check of six. Woo! Boy, <laughs> six. It, uh, it hits the chain link and uh, falls maybe a foot away from the 
the chain link. <laughs> uh, but it is inside. Um, are you observing to see if anything comes to get it? I am. After a few moments, uh, you hear kind of like a... I'll lay pro on the ground. Prone on the ground observing. And you see these like rats that just scurry out, grab it, and scurry away. Um, a couple birds fly down and poke at it. Um, but you don't hear... I think earlier you mentioned you were looking for like a dog of some sort um, or yes. some, some sort of guard animal. Uh, you don't hear or or perceive anything like that. Okay. You know what? Um, um, give me another perception check. You got it. Get better than... Who? Oh, nine! <laughs> we did get better. <laughs> it's hard to tell, but I... It could be the wind. It could be... Uh, like the whistling of the wind. It could be the creaking of a door. You're not sure. But you think you hear maybe a laughing sound off in the distance, somewhere from within the scrapyard. Like a cackle, but it's probably the wind. Um, it's hard to know. Mm. The sound of the gust fluttering through the gears. Indeed. Uh, I would like to... What's the nearest direction of the... Um, from the perimeter fence, what is the closest point to the temple or the bank that I can observe? Oh, it's uh, maybe 60 feet behind you, if that. Like, the, okay. the back door is... Like the, if you turn around... Thanks. Uh, the back door, if you turn around, it's right behind you, about 60 feet away. Very well. Cool. Um, um, go ahead. Let's see. So it's a chain link fence. Yeah. Correct? Yes. I would like to take off my backpack and extract the... Repair kit and the. I have a. Another relevant kit. I suppose. Oh! The pittance! Out of my, um. Climbing kit. Oh, okay. The patons? Yes. Cool. What would you and like I to do? Like I would like to tie a rope to a baton, weave it to the top of the fence, or weave it, like run it through the chain link of the top of the fence and just let it hang down like a rope. Uh, like insert the baton with a rope tied to it and then turn it perpendicular and then pull it so that it wedges and leaves a rope dangling. Nice. Um, yeah, you're able to do so. And then I will, if possible, try to cut a vertical line through the chain link at about fox height. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think you're able to do that. 
Okay. And then, uh, after that, I will, if possible, run back to my sack of meat. And I'd like to run a walk around the perimeter away from where I did all of that. About 300 feet and just start dropping sacks of meat as I walk. Okay. Or just handfuls of meat. Just leave them outside the chain link. But, uh, like, right against the outside of the chain link. Maybe one foot from the chain link, but just leave them on the road. Okay. Away from where our closest insertion point is, but just keep walking, keep dropping meat. Sounds good. Um... Dang it. That'll be all I'll do for tonight. Okay. Are y'all okay with me fast-forwarding a few things? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, John does one thing during this night, which is fine. Uh, like, plank of wood, some charcoal, and some string, and make a sign that says, back in 15 minutes, and okay. puts that in his back. Cool, I like it. <laughs> good, good. Uh, does, does Obeifo do anything? Uh, no, I'm just gonna follow these people, make sure they're staying out of trouble. Okay. Uh, as you return to the inn, you're able to get set up in your rooms for the night, and the uh, when y'all wake up in the morning, I would imagine that you are uh, gonna find each other. Um, you're gonna get set up and get ready to get started. Um, it's early. It's about seven a.m. and the. Um, the bank opens at 8 a.m., so you have an hour until this occurs. Um, actually, what what time would you wake up if it starts at 8? Opens at 8. Mm, probably 5. I would six. like to be up yeah. at 4. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm up at 5 or something, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have a few hours to get ready. Uh, discuss. Have, have we communicated what we've done? Or is... I yeah, I assume we all met up and talked last night. I would think you'd be able to, yeah. Basically, we had our off-screen planning montage that we can flash back to when we need to have had a plan during the heist. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, I know we have the key. I hope we have an exit into the scrapyard, and I don't actually know what you guys accomplished at the bank. What did you guys accomplish at the bank? If yeah. we have the key, why don't we go before? Yeah, that's kind of what that's I was That's what wondering. I want to do, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, assuming they are the keys to the bank, yeah. I, mean, I, I suppose there wouldn't be anything else, but whether or not it's the vault keys, another matter. Well, and you said he told you that the other employees get there a little early, but he's the one that opens it to the public, so... That's right. If At least tomorrow morning. In the yeah, so if we come in in that window between the two, we won't have any interference from the public, but the guy with the vault key should probably be there. That might be our window to go in. Or this is the vault key. No, if he opens it to the public. No, this I is don't think he key. has access Sorry. to the vault. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just the front and the back. And I'm thinking we get in a little early and we leave the key somewhere that seems clear for him to have accidentally left it. The scrapyard is full of laughing rats. I have distracted them with butchered meat. Thank you. They will not laugh in our faces tomorrow. That's a good call. Nice work. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't uh, do as much seducing of the family man as I had hoped to. The fox man can be the tiny fox man, yes? Yes, I the can The way is prepared. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. How many keys were on his uh, thing? Two that seemed Four. relevant. Mm-hmm. Four, and they are <laughs> they are conveniently labeled. Now that you have a closer look uh, on okay. them. <laughs> okay, great. So, <laughs> That's good. Yeah, and you have uh, each of them are like engraved with some metal writing. Um, they look almost identical, which is why they are engraved. Um, first one says half wall. The second one says outside entrances. The third says teller. The fourth says Vault One. Okay. And I think with that, we're gonna call session for tonight. Okay. Very good. It's all over, man. A puzzle. We can't. That's we can't do a puzzle. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again here on Stride and Strike with Greatest Guardians Gaming Network. My name is Emma, and I appreciate your support here with our shows. I hope you'll continue to listen and check out Coral Group's Quest for the Frozen Flame, Episode 3, coming up on Wednesday.